Hi, my name is Kevin McQuillan, and the following pre-recorded conversations are my attempt to make sense of the human experience through the practice of yoga. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to it. I'm going to shape the practice so you get a sense of why I am teaching what I'm teaching and how it's relevant to you. And ideally, you make this conversation relevant to you, you make this practice relevant to you. And that's an element of your listening, your capacity to relate to what's being said. And uh, I'm going to share with you the focus of this practice. And the focus of this practice is kidneys. That's what we'll be focused in on. You may ask yourself, well, why my kidneys? What's happening back there that I need to pay attention to? <laughs> we have a way of holding experiences in our organs. And that's one of the great benefits of this beautiful practice called yoga is we can get access to specific parts of our body. And today is kidneys. And up on the board are some distinctions of why this is relevant to pay attention to your kidneys. We hold experiences in our body. You think about, you can think about your body as like this filter, this filter, this filter, this filtering experiences over and over and over again. And you've had billions of experiences through this filter called your body. And some have a way of sticking around. Have you noticed that? We kind of get sticky. Some experiences kind of stick <laughs> and hang around and visit us every once in a while. It's like, hey, remember me? I was with you when you were six. I'm just here to torment you for a little while. <laughs> or when you were 14 or, I don't know, whatever. Last week, these things have a way of coming back, coming back, circling back. And that's for a particular reason. Because these experiences evoke something in us. They wake us up in a particular way. And often not in an empowering way. And so that's the benefit of using practices to clear our body out, to clear our body, move experiences along, and to learn. And so in our kidneys, what we hold on the left side is this experience and energy of wanting to be someone else. Maybe you've experienced that in your life, and I imagine you have in some ways. I'd rather have something else, I'd rather be something else. That attitude we can hold and has a particular energy that's destabilizing. On the right side, worry about everything. And I could imagine there's some worriers here. Is that a fair statement? You can worry about everything. And that has a way of evoking fear, evoking fear. And one of the consequences of this is if we hold this energy and these experiences in our organs, they begin to shift their function. And that's a problem. Our organs start to shift their function. And they become hindered and work less efficiently, which can cause issues. Issues, not only in the tissues, but just overall as a being, as a being, as a human being, cause us health issues. And so that's one of the um, benefits of this practice. It's preventative in some ways, if you hold it that way. And so these experiences I just mentioned, wanting to be somebody else, worrying about everything, creates fear. And fear body, we're in a fear body. Nervous system is on high alert. Ha! <laughs> Everything's a threat, you should worry about everything. You're gonna get a work on time. It's like, is there gonna be enough toothpaste? Is the toilet seat gonna be up? I don't know, it's like whatever. Did the cat pee on the floor? It's like, you know, all these things that we can have our attention on that creates this worried experience. And it goes deeper than that. 
into our relationships. And that's what I'll speak to now. Fear arises from the concern of rejection or failure. That's where fear really grips us, really grips us. The fear of rejection and failure. And you think about how often that arises in your experience on a daily basis. I want people to like me, like me, like me, like me. I don't want to fail. I can't fail. It's not allowed. I will not tolerate myself failing. And that has a way of creating fear. And as we create fear, there's a concern to be disliked, outcast, exiled, banished, shunned, or being alone. It's like every day a survivor. <laughs> it's kind of like that. Remember that show? My dating myself, survivor. That's what life can be like. It's intense. Especially the concern of being alone. When we choose to be alone, it's fine. It's like, because it's on our terms. It's like, meh, they'll be there when I get back. <laughs> so I'm just going to, you know, skirt out, go play in the garden, or I don't know, drive my car or whatever. They'll be there when I come back. But you shift that. And people stop spending time with you. That's where it gets haunting. Where it's no longer on your terms. Where people stop wanting to be with you. And if you've had that experience, and you have, it is haunting to say the least. And it creates anxiety. Absolutely. And that's what it provokes. Anxiety and social isolation. And if you've ever felt isolated in your life, and yes, you have. Why? Because you're a human being, and you felt isolated. Just flash back to those experiences. You probably didn't like it much. And if you want to see somebody self-destruct, isolate them. That will happen, and it does not take very long. They will self-destruct. We do not do very well on our own. That is true. We'll tear, apart, we'll tear ourselves apart. And that's something worth being concerned about. If you flash yourself out into the future, you're not too many decisions, and this is true for each of us, we're not too many decisions away of being old and lonely because nobody can stand us. <laughs> We're not that far off. And that should create some fear, and ideally some healthy fear, that I need to have my self together in a way that people can tolerate me and accept me and actually want to spend time with me. And when you have it, you know what that feels like. When you don't have it, you know what that feels like. And you have both currently in your life. That is true. Some relationships are flourishing. Some are clumsy. At least one. If you're honest with yourself, you at least have one relationship in your life currently that's not going so well. And it's causing you some strife. How this shows up, fear, fear. It manifests into a strategy to want to please. To want to please others. If I can please you, you'll like me. So what do you need from me? I'll bake you muffins, I'll come to your house and clean it. I don't know, I'll drive you to work. I'll do your work. Whatever I need to do so you like me. And that's how it manifests into the strategy to please other people. And to pause and to consider what the strategy, where the strategy is currently in your life because it's somewhere presenting itself. This deep need we have of pleasing people. And if people are pleased with us, they'll keep us around and spend time with us and smile at us and, I don't know, pepper us with accolades and appreciation. And in that, I'm not alone. 
That's a good thing, because I can't stand being alone. So I'd rather have people around. And so this is how fear manifests in human behavior. It shows up in pleasing, the desire to please people, which is exhausting to say the least, and it's hollow, shallow, and guts us over a span of time. Pleasers need to be needed. <laughs> we are needy. Oh, so needy. When you start to understand yourself, <laughs> that's a place of honesty, to really understand how needy you are. Because that is true. We're needy individuals. And the attempt is to secure love to feel safe. That's the strategy of a pleaser. I need to secure, I need to secure, I need to secure love to feel safe. If I don't feel loved, I am not safe. That's why pleasers can't stand being on their own. There's nobody there to create safety for them. which doesn't do anything good to strengthen them because they're so reliant on other people. <laughs> Tell me I'm a good person. Tell me that I'm safe. Do these things for me so I can feel safe. And we get codependent. And that's true. That happens. If I think about some personal examples for me, it's like teaching is, is, is a trap in some ways. Teaching. It's like, just like me. I just want to be liked. <laughs> You know, if I get into that desperation of wanting you to like me, it's like the kiss of death for as, a as a teacher. It'll just destroy me over a span of time because I have so much attention on you wanting to like me. That teaching, teaching is pushed off to the side and my desperation is leading my actions. Owning a place like this is that. It's like the recipe of disappointment. It's like gathering a bunch of people in the jungle and it's like trying to create an experience for people. It's like, it's the recipe for disappointment. And when somebody is disappointed, it stings. It stings. I just had that experience. Last night, somebody disappointed. It's like, oh. It means a lot to us. When you start becoming more and more honest of what rejection or disappointment means to you, represents something and it creates this fear body experience where we cower and become desperate and pathetic is the tendency. And so the benefit of having practices to rid yourself of fear are good practices. So you can be more self-reliant, autonomous, less reliant on other people to tell you that you're a good person, you're doing good things in life. We need that, of course. But if it's born out of a strategy You'll just smother people with your own desperation. And that is deeply unattractive. We all know that. And so you could say to yourself, well, I'm none of this. It's like, okay, that's fine. Keep being willfully blind. <laughs> you are this. We are all this in some manner. And will you see it? And to notice what it's doing to you. It's destabilizing you in various different ways. And if this is practiced over and over again, you will become that. And you will be only that. A walking representation of fear. And that's happening more and more. It's not happening less. These last two years have been brutal. 
in so many different ways. And it's been so infused with fear. And there's no greater fear of dying, you know? It's like, okay, you're going to die if you spend time with people. It's like wild. And so let this practice be meaningful. That's the idea. Focus on your kidneys. Rid yourself of fear. And you can consider, what would your life look like 12 months from now with less fear in your life? What would your life look like? What would your relationships look like? Who would you be then? <laughs> Amazing. You'd be a different human being than you are right now. And that's a good use of practice. So I have a question for you, just to make this real. What do you fear? What's the source of fear in your life? I don't know, maybe it's spiders. Maybe it's like, I don't know, your boss. Maybe it's, I don't know, your partner. That's true. <laughs> What's the source of fear? Yes. Regrets. Regrets. Yeah, fantastic. Absolutely. Those are haunting. They'll wake you up in the middle of the night, for sure. What are you fearful of? Opportunity to be honest. What do you got out there? Resentment. Resentment. Yeah, fair enough. Yep. I can get ugly real quick, right? <laughs> okay, anybody else? I gotta call on you again, huh? Of course I will. Um, not making my parents proud of me. Not making your parents proud of you. Yeah, yeah, very good. That's a, a lot to carry, right, at times? Yeah. Okay, very good. That's a good thing to rid yourself of. Their expectations, your, your expectations in that relationship. Okay, good. Who else? Where's some fear? Okay. Yeah, repeating the past, repeating the past, absolutely. And that's waiting for each of us, isn't it? Just simply repeating the past. And that's more likely than not. That's the reality of it, that we'll repeat the past. And so that's what these practices are designed to do to get focused, to pay attention. What do you need to rid yourself of? And to choose it, voluntarily. Otherwise, it'll choose you, and you will not like that. And you've already had that experience, so choose fear. It's kind of a weird concept, isn't it? It's like practice fear. Today, this Wednesday, January 2022, which is a weird thing to say out loud, it's like practice fear. Rid yourself of it. And you'll be stronger as a consequence. That is for sure. You become braver. And that's a big deal. If you can confront yourself, you become stronger and braver. And that is a big deal. It's a big deal because you can rely on yourself. And we need that to be able to be self-reliant. Okay. Pleasure to be with you. We're going to move. It will be a riveting practice indeed. We'll see you on the mat.